everybody. How you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to the Broad Street Hockey Green Room Live post game. My name is Bill Max. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. I decided. Uh, I decided while watching this game. Now it's going to come up, and it's inevitable. So I'm like not going to hold the callers to a standard that I'm not going to be able to uphold because it's impossible to talk about the Flyers without uh, thinking about the future, the next step. But right now, I want to really focus on this season because coming into this year, all I said was, I don't care about anything else. I care about this season. Of course, the 10-game losing streak, firing Vigneault, the way they've looked overall, that's kind of – it's gone the other way where we have to start thinking about the future uh, because it doesn't look like things are going to work as currently constructed. But we are in this season right now. I kind of want to, because I see what they're going to do, like this point streak and they're going to be in the playoff hunt and all that, I kind of just want to live in that moment, at least for tonight. Um, I want to talk about tonight's game. Yeah, was it, like, could they have won? Would it be, would they be a so much better team with Couturier and Ellis and, you know, everybody they're missing? Lawton, sure, absolutely. Uh, But to start this road trip, this road trip that has given them so much trouble for, you know, for forever, uh, to start this road trip with three points out of four is huge. Uh, It would have been awesome to be able to get Felix Sandstrom a win in his debut. Uh, He played excellent. But Little picture here, you know, micro analysis. They're kind of doing what they have to do. Uh, it seemed like early in the game, first period, I liked the pace. And I'm going to get to all the calls. Don't worry, I'm not going to ramble on forever. Uh, I will absolutely get to every caller, everyone who wants to speak. But uh, I'm going to do my little intro here. Uh, like, first period, I, I liked the pace they played with a lot. They really seemed like they knew they were a team that had to get the offense going uh, early, take advantage of that. Well, we're warmed up because we played last night, sort of. You know how in back-to-backs, first period, first half of the game, first 10 minutes of the first period, whatever, back-to-backs, the team that played last night has the advantage, but then they run out of gas. Man, early in this game, I liked what I was seeing in, like, two of the three zones, and then they get on offense and just – be allergic to the net, uh, man, like watching the Sharks, and there's plenty wrong with the Sharks, uh, and it would be a shame to be in their position right now, uh, locked down in all the contracts they're in, but watching them on offense, everything they do is in service of getting to the high danger areas and creating scoring chances. Watching the Flyers on offense, everything they do is in service of like, please God, don't let me fuck up. then, of course, you know, second period happens. The Flyers just cannot get the puck. But I'll give it to them. They fought. They get the point, And the point is what is most important when we're looking at this game right now. All right, I've rambled enough. I'll have plenty to say uh, as we let the callers in. But it's late. You all want to get your piece in. So let's get the callers started. Let's lead it off with Ryan Christman. Ryan, you're live on the post game. Oh, buddy. Didn't think I, I, I didn't know I was going to go first. But, uh. Uh, you you stole a lot of my thunder right there, uh, Felix Sandstrom. Holy crap! Uh, first, Tremendous. First, uh, first in, a, in saves in his debut in Flyers history, and eighth overall in NHL history. How do you like that? 
And there were some there were some spectacular ones in there. Made a couple of kick saves that were awesome. Uh, even the goals he let in. I mean, we're talking hurdle on a second chance in overtime. The shorty in which Yandel just oh my god. And then Brent Burns picked a corner for the 220th goal of his career. Like beat him glove side. That's what happens. Uh, he was awesome tonight. Yeah, it's it's a shame for uh, for Sandstrom. Uh, glad uh, JVR JVR played like a 200 foot game tonight. I, I was saying that to uh, to some buddies earlier. I'm like, I don't know what's what's up with this team in the third period, but like everybody starts actually doing what they're supposed to do in the third, and then they go to overtime, and then then it's kind of a crapshoot. But like, it's uh, it's really frustrating, man. Like this is a Sharks team that we should have beaten. We should have beaten them, man. It's and they had their chances, and it's like that five-on-three, wasting that five-on-three in which they just did absolutely nothing. Like, what was the one chance they had? Like, a, a an open Kevin Hayes one-timer from the right side? Like, that was the only look they got, and it was with no traffic or anything. So they really lost it right there. I will – like, I want to commend them. They did – like, again, small picture, like, looking – from the 10 foot view, they did what they had to do tonight and get a point in a back to back. They have three out of four on the trip, but it is a wasted opportunity when you look at the game for how it played out. Uh, actually, you know, dude, my, my wife is, is from uh, the Napa Valley and she is a San Jose Sharks fan. And she even told me, she's like, you guys really needed Couturier for this game. <laughs> Like this is a Katerie Lawton kind of game where like they show up and they, they they just blast one last like five minutes of the third period and then it's and then we're done so. Yeah, yeah, no, they uh especially like in a back to back situation, you will notice the absences more. Like yeah, they're they're a shorthanded team right now. As much as I want to blast the Flyers, and I will continue to do so because the organization deserves it. Like when you look at how this season was supposed to go, and then you look and say, well, the top two centers and the top defensemen have been hurt basically all year. Like, yeah, they're out of excuses. Excuse time is over, but they do kind of have them. Yeah, I got you, man. That's that's all I got, man. Again, uh, happy you keep doing this, and uh, let's go Flyers. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Uh, Let's go to Nikki Hall. Nikki, you're live on the post game. Yeah, that was a good one, Bill. How are you tonight, Nikki? Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you pretty much clicked as far as Sandstrom. I mean, solid first debut, really hoped for the win. I mean. Gave him a it, chance to win. What else can he ask for? I mean, is what it is. You know, it's the same thing. When we, we really hope any of anybody who's got their first game dressing as a flyer, you really hope for that first win, but it's just like, I mean, it only was, it's honestly what the same deal with uh, Jackson Case when we lost to Montreal, so. Eh, it's what it is. Um, but at least we played better than that game. Um, yeah, I want to sit, like you said, I, I would sit here and blast the Flyers. But, I mean, at the same time, the absences, like you also pointed out, are going to be noticeable over time. Like, yeah, without Coots, it's a huge blow. Without Lawton's a blow. You know, without Ellis's a pretty big blow, it seems like, at this point. Because, like, for the few games he's suited up, he's actually done something. Yeah, and, like, he's played so little, it's hard to even quantify. But the defense was built around the idea that he's your number one defenseman 
And mm-hmm. now they're like they're choosing between Nick Sealer and Kevin Con- Connaughton and like Keith Yandelefs to be in the lineup who is just absolutely terrible. I don't care if Cam York is ready or not. There are no hockey reasons Cam York isn't playing over Keith Yandel. Uh, and I get it. They're going to keep mm-hmm. him in there at least until he gets the streak. Um, but shit, man, he this is a team – as, as frustrated as we are with them in a playoff hunt mm-hmm. and you're dressing a guy who's hurting you every night. Oh no, without a doubt. I mean, to be honest, when I first heard of Yandel signing with us, I wasn't super keen on the idea, but I was like, eh, let's see what he's capable of. And like at the beginning of the season, there wasn't like anything noticeable, but as the season went on, I started to look at how his play was and I'm like, I'm sitting here, and I remember he played for. I think he what did he what did he, he, play? he played for? What Arizona? He played for a little time with the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in Florida. Oh, jeez, yeah, that, that I guess that's probably <laughs> that says something right there. Um, yeah, uh, honestly, I'd probably have Connaughton over him. I mean, Sealer, Sealer is Sealer. I mean, he's. He, he's got a sense of humor. He's an entertaining player to watch. I mean, he dropped the gloves tonight. I mean, you don't really see that a whole lot these days, and, you know, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I think it was, like, four minutes into the second period, he dropped the gloves, and my first thought was, hey, I appreciate it, man. Like, thanks. I love watching a good fight. Uh, but if I was you, and this is my first game in a while and really trying to make a name for myself, I don't know if I want to spend five minutes in the penalty box. But – he had four minutes and 10 seconds of ice time, you know, mm-hmm. five minutes into the second period. Mm-hmm. He can, he can, he's averaging five minutes between shifts, you know? So like fine with it, but they just don't have six NHL defensemen and it's glaringly obvious. Oh no, without a doubt. I mean, yeah. When we had, they don't really have five. Hate, yeah. I really hate re- rehashing this, but it's like when we had Niskanen and, it wasn't as obvious, but like, and it kind of circles back to like, the pandemic is working against us because like, we've had certain players like Niskanen retire with an uncertain future, which like, you know, a lot of what was going on, you know, was, it wasn't so much of an uncertainty at the time. So then, you know, he goes and retires, and we're basically left scrambling like chickens with our heads cut off, thinking, oh, well, who's going to be our replacement defenseman to, like, fill his shoes? Like, it's a conundrum. Like, as far as this future goes, like, if they want to test some of the guys that look – that are down the AHL that actually have had some experience with the team, especially with the taxi squad, to, you know, play them, especially if it means playing over Yandel, like, I'm just – just do it. Like I'm not gonna. I'm not saying play the kids that aren't ready yet, but like play the kids that have some kind of pro experience. You know, I'm not. <sighs> yeah, and thanks a lot, Nikki. Like, uh, no, there's no way Cam York isn't better than Keith Yandel. Like, he can't be this bad. He can skate, right? And you know what? Uh, Nikki just brought up the Keith Yandel signing. And I thought at the time, like, I don't want to have a revisionist history, like, oh, fuck Chuck Fletcher. Like, yes, it's his job to be right, and it's my job to be entertaining. So, you know, it doesn't really matter what I thought. But I will say I believed with this defense as constructed 
with Ellis Proverov, Sanheim Ristolainen, having a veteran specialist third pair of Yandel Braun play 16 minutes a game in their role. You get them on special teams. You do what you have to do with them, but and you could just put them out there again, 16, 17 minutes a game tops and say no disasters are going to happen because we have these veterans who've seen everything. But fucking Yandel is a disaster. And I don't want to like put everything on Yandel when there's plenty of other things to complain about. Yandel's an old dude, but he's only in the lineup right now for the streak. And I can only hope that the conversation is because he's not coming out. We can talk about how he should come out, but he's not going to. But the conversation with him needs to be like, once you get the Iron Man record, you can either sit or waive your no trade clause. Like those are your options. But again, they need six NHL defensemen. Not that he's one right now, but you know what I'm saying. Warren Brody, Warren, you're live on the post game. Great. How you doing? Happy New Year, Bill. Happy New Year, uh, Warren. Great, great, uh, a great game by Sandstrom. I was really impressed. It was a long time coming too. I think we drafted him like six, seven years ago. Yeah, but, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure it was 2014, like the Sanheim yeah. uh, NAK draft. I want to say. Yeah. So it's good to see that we're we're bringing some goalies along. You know, one thing I'm noticing on our uh, defense, you put any pressure on them, they fall apart. They just kind of aim at the puck uh, around the boards, and even our forwards. You put pressure on anybody on this team, it just seems like they panic. Like, and I don't soon quite as, understand. Yeah, you know, these guys have been playing hockey for a long time. I don't get it. Even their best puck handlers, it seems like as soon as a defenseman steps up and takes away his space, he has no chance of holding on to the puck. And the defensemen are especially, I mean, not to, again, pick on Yandel, but at one point it seemed like they were just putting kamikaze pressure on Yandel every time he touched the puck, and every time he touched the puck, he turned it over because of that. And he's supposed to be like the level-headed, puck-moving veteran who who can deal with that shit. That's all he's out there to do. What's driving me crazy is, uh, to me, what you have to do at the beginning of the game is just go out there and put the pressure on the other team, you know, turn the tables. And they just, they're just so passive. And that's, that really has to change if they, you know, if they want to keep, I mean, I don't know how they're winning now. They're just playing a lot of bad teams. I mean, let's be honest. No, I yeah. Mean, I mean, it's, it's this streak the, is, the teams is are as fine. bad as they are. Yeah. But, no, and that's the, like watching tonight, like that's why it's hard to think about the Flyers bottoming out because they yeah. are better than bad teams. Like, yeah, they had the run where they were ter- terrible, got, like, their asses kicked by Jersey twice in that stretch and all that. But, like, they're better yeah. than bad teams. And if they're healthy tonight, they win. Like, they, it's, they're so in the middle, it's almost crazy to see. One, one thing I wanted to say before I get off, I know you have a lot of people. Uh, I think Chuck Fletcher, I don't like the direction he's going in. He's picking guys up off of waivers. There's, like – but Sealer and then these two guys on the fourth line, I just, I'm very concerned. I don't, I, I'm just, I'm not a fan. I, and I think you know that, but I just don't. Oh yeah, no. I, I, I just, it's warranted, I, Warren. It's not like you're crazy. I mean, I, I think he's worse than Hextall in a way. I, I just don't think he has a direction. I listen. I hope it picks up. I hope these guys come back from injuries. But you know what? 
older players get hurt. And that, all these guys you mentioned sure. are older guys with a history of getting hurt. And you're never going to have them all healthy at the same time. Even Giroud tonight, he was terrible tonight. He can't play two nights in a row at his age. Uh, he can't play more than maybe 10, 12 minutes the second night. And I noticed that with a lot of the veterans tonight. They didn't have anything from the start. It was amazing that they made it into overtime. That shows you how inept the Sharks are and how how great Sandstrom played tonight. Yeah, and there, there's certainly a part, like, I do want to say good for them fighting to get the point and all that. But you're absolutely right. Like, first of all, this point streak is against teams that are not good. And, you know, it's not like – yeah, I'm right there with you, Warren. I agree yeah, I mean, a lot. Oh, sorry, I hung up on Warren too early there. But I did want to touch on his point about, like, uh, having to rely on guys like Patrick Brown. Because I wanted to make this point uh, last night, and uh, it escaped me. Watching Seattle and thinking about, like, oh, yeah, they could have had JVR for nothing. JVR scores the two goals against them. Blah, blah, blah. And then looking at the Flyers situation right now where they don't have, like, that depth. They have to rely on, oh, yeah, we got, you know, McEwen and Brown off waivers and stuff like that. And it got me thinking about Carson Torensky. Carson Torensky didn't play in the NHL for Seattle. You know, they waived him. Uh, He would absolutely be playing. And there is a small element of bad luck just in terms of, like, the injuries to depth that the Flyers have had this year and like losing a guy like Carson Terensky, who I doubt was on their, uh, on their minds that Seattle was going to be the guy they uh, target there. But it, it just made me laugh thinking like Terensky would be playing like what 70% of the games this year. And uh, instead we have Patrick Brown because everyone else in the AHL was hurt to start the year. It's just funny to think like Carson Terensky could have been a, not a key piece, but a piece on this team. Uh, Brian S. Brian, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill. Uh, man, what a roller coaster of a team, eh? <laughs> um, I can't wrap I, my head around them. Like, I don't know what they are. Right? I went from, hey, a decent start, got an early goal, good start, to uh, wondering if a player has ever been waived halfway through the second before. <laughs> it's I, I don't know what to say about this team. That's They just needed, like, in tonight's game, they so badly needed to score, like, two or three in the first. I know that's, oh, yeah, you know, get out to a three-nothing lead. But I'm like, they needed to capitalize on when they had the energy before they hit that wall in the second period, and they just didn't. Like, again, I like the pace they played with a lot of the first period, but they only come away with the one goal, and they could have, they just couldn't establish anything on offense, and then getting in the offensive zone went away for half the game. Right. Name, I challenge you, name one more Flyers thing than finally getting go- good goaltending from everybody on the team and not being able to win games. <laughs> no, it's it's absolutely incredible that they've got – Carter Hart looks like the guy we thought he was going to be. Martin Jones, so much better than my expectations. And then Felix Sandstrom. I saw Felix Sandstrom get announced tonight. I immediately went on DraftKings and bet the over. And then he comes out and is amazing. Like – they're getting the thing they need most and they're still mediocre. Like it's, they're just always missing something regardless of what that something is. Yeah. That is peak flyers hockey right there, man. Well, happy new year. Stay gritty, Bill. Thanks for doing this, man. Appreciate you. Happy new year, Brian. Brian always says stay gritty at the end and you have no idea how much I appreciate it. 
Chris H. Chris H., you're live on the post game. Uh, hey, Bill, how are you doing? How are you tonight, Chris? I'm actually good. I, I've liked that the Flyers have been winning. I've been more positive about the team, but there's aspects about the team that are worrying. Like, we're starting Yandel every single game, and I understand it's for his Ironman streak. But why do we care as an organization about this dude's Ironman streak? He didn't spend his best years here. It's not like this guy's been here his whole career. He's a journeyman who even in his peak was just good. He wasn't ever Hall of Fame or great. And we're giving him the benefit of a doubt by playing him every night and hurting our season this season just for his Ironman streak. And it's like, dude, like bench this guy. Like you could put Gritty on the ice and he'd be better than this guy. Yeah, it's it's really a detriment right now. And he made the play on the game-tying goal, so I will give him that. But, like, he was terrible for the entire game. Uh, again, like, they were just – after the first turnover, like, he has two options on that shorthanded goal. He can play the puck, but, f- like, slam the brakes so the guy isn't fucking skating by him as he's doing a big U-turn in the neutral zone. Like, if you're going to play the puck there, you have to slam the brakes and be in front of the man – or you have to just play the man, skate through him, and risk the interference penalty. If you don't get there on time, it's better than giving up a shorthanded goal. Like, he did neither. He played the puck and skated through it and whiffed, and like, and that's just one of his several horrible plays tonight. Like, I, we can complain about it all we want. The problem is I know he's not coming out of the lineup. So, uh, like, it's one of those things. I agree with you 100%. We shouldn't give two shits about it. But – they do, so it's going to be a thing at least until he breaks the record. Yeah, and it's like – and Chuck Fletcher's plan this season, you know, his plan in the offseason was to get a number one defenseman, offensive defenseman. That was what everybody wanted, so we get Ellis. But my problem with the Ellis thing was that we, you know, we get Ellis, and fine, he's going to be our offensive defenseman. But he can't be the only guy that drives offense from the blue line. Like, other teams don't just have one guy because guys in NHL get – hurt all the time. So if you're relying just on Ellis to be your point man, to be your guy in, you know, three on three overtime, then you failed. And Chuck failed in that because he traded away Ghost. If you're, if the backup plan should have been Ghost, he should have been the guy when Ellis got hurt, he steps in that top pairing. He's the guy who's on the power play. He's the guy in three, run three overtime, but we gave up Ghost for Risto and he's not an offensive defenseman. He's just more of the same of what we have. Yeah, and Ristolainen did bring more offense during his time in Buffalo. I feel like it's a conscious effort to kind of try to shape Risto into this, uh, I don't want to say square peg round hole because he's been pretty decent this year, but like shape him into something less than he is. Uh, But that said, absolutely, like, listen, again, I I don't want to be like, oh, the whole time I thought we should have kept Ghost. I'm a Ghost fan. He's one of my favorite players the last – Jesus, decade plus. I, I, I love Gostas Bear. I fully believe he didn't want to be here and he needed a change of scenery and he's part of the locker room culture change. Uh, not even like he was a cancer or anything, just everybody benefited from a parting of the ways. That said, like, man, they could really use exactly him. Yeah, and it's frustrating because it's like – it's a glaring weakness, and we haven't solved it. Ellis was supposed to solve it, but, I mean, we don't even know if he's going to stay healthy during his contract. He's got five more years, so hopefully he does. But, uh, yeah, it hasn't bode well. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Chris. I appreciate it. And, no, like, I, I will say um, we talk about 
Provorov a lot, and we we say a lot about what he isn't. Uh, we know he's a guy who feeds off of uh, you know all players to some extent, but he really like once he gets going, he's confident and he's good. And when he's going bad, shit hits the fan. Uh, but I have noticed him at least tonight. Uh, I talk all the time about how I need Sanheim to just be aggressive, just be like uh, obviously not Burns or Carlson because those guys are fucking amazing, uh, or at least were in their primes. Now they're still pretty damn decent. Um, uh, but I need Sanheim to be that type of aggressive fourth forward out there because he's not good at anything else. So just be that. Sanheim, uh, Provorov jumping up into the rush tonight, led the rush a few times. There was a couple of times his partner uh, had the puck on the right side and he had open ice in front of him. So instead of standing there stationary, he took off up ice and actually ended up getting a few zone entries and uh, leading a few opportunities. So I want to see more of that out of Provorov too. Like this is the time to just fucking go for it, go balls to the wall because we don't have any other options. This team cannot score. It doesn't matter how well this team plays defense. You play defense long enough, you're going to get scored on. That's just the way it goes. They need to generate some offense. I, I, there was a little something uh, in Provorov's aggressiveness tonight. I'd like to see him. Uh, I'd like to see him take forward. Dan Allen, Dan, you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill. Good to talk to you. How you been? How are you tonight? How are you tonight? Good. Good. Um, you remember when? Uh, when Felix Sandstrom was the goalie of the future back back in the day, I seem to remember that. It's kind of funny seeing him get his first start now and play so well. Uh, I feel like I've gone back in time a little bit. No, absolutely. I was really excited to see him get an opportunity. At least, obviously, I was a little pessimistic about it because uh, I bet the over as soon as I saw him uh, announced tonight. But I remember at the uh, the 2017 draft party, the BSH draft party we had, uh, the uh, famous Nolan Patrick, Morgan Frost draft. And we had Keith Jones on our show, and we were talking about the prospects and stuff. We talked about Felix Sandstrom, and Kelly just always said for fun, oh, yeah, next Lundquist. But that's what I always think about uh, him, say, Kelly saying to Keith Jones, like, oh, yeah, Felix, the next Lundquist. Uh, and Keith just going, hey, maybe. Uh, and it's been that long. Like, he was with the team a while when that happened. Yeah, I can't even believe it. Yeah, he was moving really well, and I know Couture beat him uh, glove side with one of his goals, but his uh, his glove hand was pretty quick, uh, which always catches my attention with goalies because I never had a good fast <laughs> glove hand when I played. But so I get a little I get a little little envious. But um, but yeah, he he played great tonight. Um, I know that a a San Jose thing would probably say the same thing looking at the Flyers, but. Uh, looking at San Jose's rosters, they have 18 skaters, and I've literally never heard of nine of them. So I'm a little annoyed that we lost to that team. But you know, what are you going to do? This, this, this. Uh, it's just how this year's going. Yeah, it's uh, the Flyers are shorthanded, and like again, not an excuse. They need to do what they have to do because they dug themselves into this hole. But yeah, uh, if if the Flyers are healthy, this is a very winnable game, and it still was a winnable game. They had plenty of opportunities and things like a minute 56 five-on-three that you get one scoring opportunity on. Like, that's not enough. Like, the guys who are here do need to step up more than we've seen. Yeah, that I, I, could, I couldn't help but notice that the uh, the Sharks did a better job open us to skate on six on five. Players did a five on three, and I was kind of pulling my hair out. And what are we doing here? 
but you know that that's been the same thing we've been seeing all year. They just uh, they can't get out of their own way on offense. Um, and uh, and then I couldn't help but thinking with the Farabee goal, man, if the guy just had more of a shooting mentality, he has a heck of a shot. That was a great goal for uh, Reimer to allow, you know, between the arm and the, the arm and the body. You never really like that as a goalie because it's kind of leaky. But you know, with a, a release like Farabee has, that that goal's going to go in every now and then. And uh, he just took more shots on goal from you know, dangerous uh, spots rather than, you know, falling into the flyer's trap of passing too much. You know, he could really be a good sniper. I agree. Thanks a lot, Dan. You were breaking up there a little, but I tried to let you get your point out. Yeah. Uh, Farabee is, he's progressing at, you know, does it feel like they said tonight it was his like fifth goal in the last seven games. I guess nothing feels real because they had so much time off between games, like with the Christmas break and then the postponements. But, uh, what was Farabee? Let me see his game logs real quick. 21-22. Where are we at here? Yeah, so that was his, what, fourth goal in the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. Uh, it doesn't feel like that again because of the time off, but he's progressing. He does need that. Like, he just needs to be the guy who rips the puck every time he gets it. Like, we should all his his shots on goal prop should be four and a half, and we should be betting the over every night. Like it just needs to be. We need to get ways to get Farabee in space to let us a, a shot off because the dude absolutely can rip. You see that tonight again? Yeah, it was a leaky goal, but you know you put enough shots, you put enough good shots on, you're gonna get the leaky goals. Like eventually, one squeaks through, he gets one tonight. You need to see way more of that out of Farabee. And like it needs to be an offensive mindset. Like we need to find ways to get Farabee uh, some space to to get a shot off. Bill Mason, Bill, you're live on the post game. Bill, you're muted. Hit unmute. Bill. All right, Bill. We'll try to get you back up. Uh, let's go to Hunter Moyer. Hunter, you're live on the post game. What's up, Bill? How are you tonight? How are you tonight, Hunter? Not bad. How about you? I'm well. I'm well. Um, I mean, we lost to the Sharks. Uh, I, my, my, my point that I guess I could say is, while I understand we get a point, there's nothing that's good about it because we're coming off a 10-game losing streak. And honestly, you just need to win games at this point because this division is – it's hard, you know, that NHL analytics people and, and people all around the league have been talking about how, you know, the Capitals and, and the Penguins are on a decline. But guess what? They're fucking better than the Flyers still. So I, oh, consider, I don't consider. know. Like, it's lethargic. Like, the word to describe them is lethargic and work ethic. Like, they're so fucking sluggish, man. We leave the goalie hung out to dry again. I I don't know, Bill. I, I, I mean, you have to. You, and my point is, is I can't take anything good away because this team has to stay bad. I, I, they can't be a middle of the pack team. Yeah, I just, yeah, I, I just like, and thanks a lot, and, Hunter. I'm getting, I'm getting some feedback when I'm talking. Uh, but no, I feel you. Uh, I just, yes, I agree that whether it's right now, at the end of the season, a year, whenever, they are gonna have to start over. I just like I can't make that my only point because that's not what they're going to do. 
So, like, I am trying to look at the micro, uh, you know, like, I am trying to just look at right now because of it. Yeah, staying bad, getting a top pick, rebuilding, that's what this team needs to do. But, uh, like, no. Did they do anything tonight to, that made me go, oh, you know what, there might be something here. No, they tonight they got a point, and they remain one point behind the Detroit Red Wings for the second wild card spot because that's all they're fighting for right now. Uh, I just had the standings up. And, like, this this playoff race, like, looking at the Metro right now, Carolina 45 points, Washington 45 points, uh, Rangers 42 points. Those are your top three in the Metro. Then you have Pittsburgh 39 points in the first wild card. Like, it's seven points. It's not huge, but it seems gigantic. Like, the Flyers are fighting for one spot. They have 32 points. Detroit has 33 they're fighting for that second wild card spot. And I know that's not where we want them to be, but it's all you're going to spend the rest of the year mad. And we're going to spend the rest of the year mad anyway, but they just have to, they have to see this thing through. That's, you know, maybe they get some guys back and they go on a run. That would be fun. Uh, I'm not counting on it. Uh, something else will go wrong. Uh, some other excuse will pop up, but all we have right now is these next, what was this, game 31, so excuse me while I'm horrible at math. What, 51 games left? Yeah, 51 games left. That's all we have uh, to assess this team and see if maybe they can figure something out. Stephen P., Stephen P., you're live on the post game. Hey, Bill, how's it going? How are you tonight, Stephen? <laughs> Pretty frustrated. <laughs> um, you know, for, first things first, um, to be the cat to Felix Sandstrom, you played a heck of a game. I I feel like this is the kind of game that would be like, you know, you go to him next season. He's your, your backup. You don't spend money on a backup goalie. Hard stands from one, two. Yeah, I mean, that's the dream is to have that ability to be able to have those two homegrown guys that you can always control the cost on and have a young dude in there like Sandstrom. And honestly, even just for this year, like I talk about things that they can do that aren't necessarily selling that help them accumulate assets. Like, are you telling me, like I've been talking about Justin Braun, uh, like going to a team like Colorado team with cup aspirations that can't defend a little bit, but like Martin Jones in Colorado, like they need a goalie too, real bad. Plenty of contenders could always use at least a second goalie. Like if Sandstrom, I don't expect him to give you every night what he gave you tonight, but if he's at least a, a piece that you can put in there and he's not going to kill you, like give up six goals and just be the worst, it's worth just figuring out if he's an NHL goalie, I think, for a lot of this year. Yeah, you know, I I, I, w- I would absolutely agree with that. Um, and I, I've been listening all night. He, he, here's the scary thing, at least in my mind, with the team as it's currently constructed, you know, Keith Yando sucks. He's awful. He's not the worst defenseman on the team. You, you know, you, you plug Sheila Connors in. Well, that's, I mean, yeah, because the bar is non-NHL player. Sure. Like, sure, that's the, sure. like, that's the, and that's the whole problem right now. I, I've been saying, like, you know, they don't have six NHL defensemen. They don't have fucking five. Sure. But they have four NHL defensemen, uh, and even with Ellis back, maybe you know they have five. Well, and, and I think that's that's my larger point is I, number one. Uh, I, 
if Cam York is, you know, he has to be playing. Like, if, if Cam York isn't hurt or in COVID protocol, he needs to be on this team. Or, like you said, just we don't have enough NHL offensive. Number two, I, I know we only had him for five or six games or whatever it was. The complexion of this team with a healthy I, – I feel like people are discounting how different this team looks with Ryan Ellis. Um, but that's like – I don't think people are discounting it. I think it's more just poking holes in the idea. Like, yes, on paper, Ellis Provorov, Sanheim, Ristolainen, Yandel Braun, York Braun, whatever you want to do there, that's a good defense. But if you pull one piece out of the Jenga tower and it all fucking crumbles, like it's an 82 game sport. In sure. A, it's an 82 game season in a contact sport. You're going to lose somebody. Like say, That's- like you'd still like, you'd be better off if Ellis was healthy and someone else was hurt. But fucking if, if Travis Sanheim misses 15 games, who's playing second pair of minutes? No, and like, I, I, you know, no, that, that part I think is totally fair. Um, the only thing I would, and if you you touch them, the only thing I would push back slightly is that it's like taking two pieces out of the bottom level instead of one. It's like you're taking. I'll agree. The, I'll agree. Yes. The guy. And sure, your second pair might not be as as good, but I I, I don't know. I, I I just before I like I'm like eighty five percent like out on this team. I just want to see Ellis for a couple games before I completely give up. You know what I mean? No, I fully, I fully understand that, Steve. And thanks a lot. Uh, it is, it is shaping up to be a huge what if season. And we can think whatever we think about the direction of the organization, the construction of the team was flawed from the start. Blah blah blah. But. We heard the other day that Sean Couturier has basically been battling something all season. Now he's week-to-week on IR. Kevin Hayes, obviously we know he had two surgeries. He's been coming – he's been out or coming back from something all season. Ryan Ellis, you had for a handful of games. Your top two centers and your top defensemen have basically been hurt the entire season. What the fuck would happen to most teams in this situation? And like, yes, Tampa, because Tampa's Tampa. So, and the goal should be to be them, but we're clearly not. You know, this would kill a lot of teams. Again, don't want to give them an easy out if they use that as an excuse at the end of this year. I'm going to say, what the fuck? But when we're looking at this team, it is something to keep in mind, I guess. I don't even know the point I'm trying to make. I'm trying – I'm, like, defending them, but at the same time, like, still thinking, like, nah, fuck them. They make me miserable. Uh, Justin B., Justin B., you're live on the post game. Hey, hey, Bill. Um, so I had two joke takes. One is fucking Cal Heater. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, That's Cal Heater made a ton of saves, but if I remember correctly, he gave up, like, five or six goals. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just love to see him on that list they showed it. And I'm like, I completely forgot about that man. Um, again, the terrible power play, and can we just skip penalties like the NFL? Um, <laughs> those are my two. Because we were leading, right? We get a power play, and, uh, well, now we're not leading anymore. 
Um, yeah, that was just absolutely like that. That shorthanded goal in that spot, like the whole. You have the number three goalie in there, kid making his first spot. Just protect the kid, and instead, like you hang him out. That oh, ugly, just ugly as shit. It was brutal, and then the one right after the power play ended too. It was like, oh my gosh, this is just heartbreaking for this guy. But positive note, played well. Um, I do have one thing to say. You were talking about us fighting Detroit for that um, last wild card spot. Uh, I mean, Boston is a dark horse behind us right now. I think- yeah, Boston's there. There's, I think, maybe one other team. Columbus yeah. is right there too with 31 points. Yeah. Yeah, but Boston has like five games in hand, and I think they're three points behind us. So I mean, that's definitely scary as well. That's um, Boston's played 26 games. They have 30 points. Flyers have played 31. They have 32 points. Yeah, so two points down with with five games in hand. But um, I wanted to say I, I liked the uh, Willman play today uh, where he um, he drove the net, man. He went in, and he just he just went hard to the net. I loved that, and I did miss the last postgame. However, I listened to it, and I have to agree, McEwen as well, a lot of hard puck pressure, a lot of uh, just the way he plays. I love it. I love it. Uh, Thanks a lot, Justin. I appreciate it. Uh, I do want to talk about on the next BSH radio. I want to get everyone's take on uh, McEwen. Like, I I bet you his fancy stats aren't. I have no idea. I I haven't looked at natural stat stat trick. You know, Zach McEwen all season. Uh, I bet you his fancy stats aren't anything special. uh, But he spends an awful lot of time in the offensive zone. You know, like it doesn't always result in shots or shot attempts or scoring chances, but Zach McEwen is in the offensive zone more than he's not uh, based on, you know, the old eye test. Eyes lie, certainly, but uh, I have no problems. Of my list of fucking problems with this team, Zach McEwen ain't on it. Uh, Let's go to Ryan Chrisman. Ryan, you're back on the post game. Hey, buddy. Glad to be uh, back on here again. I wanted to go back to the uh, the Keith Yandel thing because uh, so I'm I'm a part of a couple of uh, Facebook groups that have a a lot of members uh, in the Flyers community and and they're they're constantly saying uh, trade Keith Yandel, bench Keith Yandel, send Keith Yandel down to the Phantoms and and I'm trying to explain to these people in the nicest possible way. That that that's never going to happen. It's not going to happen because like he was literally brought here by Elaine Vino to get this record. Would you agree? Yeah. No, I mean he's he's not going anywhere. We talked last night about his relationship with some guys on the team. Uh, he's not going anywhere at least until he breaks this record. And you know what? I, I commiserate with those people because the hockey reasons. Are, they're 100% right. Like, he doesn't belong in the lineup. But, terrible. And yeah, actually, it's it, it it's not going to work. Like you said, it's just not going to happen. Like, it's it's beyond that. Yeah, and uh, the, the worst part is, the beginning of the year, uh, he had, like, what, like, fucking eight points in, in the first three games? It looked like it looked like the experiment was really gonna work. Like, oh, we have a third pair puck moving defenseman. We have one of these guys on every pair. This is gonna work. Yeah, he was the guy. Um, I don't. Um, 
I hate it because that uh, I watched the post game on uh, on NBC Sports Philadelphia and uh, with Taryn Hatcher. How are you? Uh, but holy shit! Like to see that uh, that shorthanded goal uh, abbreviated about seven times. Oh my god! Like that's <laughs> that's he that's, had he had two options on the play and he chose neither. Like I, I just I'm baffled by what happened there. Yeah, it's uh it's not good. Like I want I want the guy to get the record, and it, it honestly it's it's great press for the Flyers for uh for him to get the record with uh with our team. Uh, but fuck, like you gotta you gotta put this guy in like he's got to be playing like ten minutes a night. You gotta get like Kevin Connaughton in there to to fill out the rest of the rest of the lineup. For- and that's really the problem right now is like you can't even hide him because you have a whole other guy you're trying to hide, whether it's Sealer, Connaughton, who the fuck ever. Like you're trying to hide the whole third pair, and it's December. Like this isn't the playoffs where the third pair can just sit on the bench for you know 55 minutes a game. Like it's goddamn December. They're in the second of back to backs. He has to play. Yeah, we need uh we we need Ellis back like ASAP, and then it's it's a little easier to hide uh all time great Keith Yandel, but <laughs> man, uh yeah, uh, it's, I I I honestly just just was calling back to to touch on that because like so many people are are trashing trashing Yandel right now. I'm like, there's a reason he's there, and it's it's basically a PR stunt by the Flyers at this point, just like get him the record. So people know that like we're, we're friendly to older free agents, which will be accumulating in the next two to three years during the rebuild. Yeah. And thanks a lot, Ryan. I appreciate it. Uh, Yeah. There's the hockey reasons for Keith Yandel to be in the lineup or they don't have anybody else. And I'm almost certain they do. Imagine, imagine if Cam York isn't better. Like, Jesus Christ, we are fucked if that's the case. Like, and I realize, again, like, you know, a lot of people have a certain view of the organization. And if I'm going to step back and look at the big picture, we're probably fucked either way. But, my God, if Cam York isn't better than this guy, they have no defense. What was it? Frost from Konechny and Lindblom. And I just tweeted like that. Like, Frost from Konechny and Lindblom. The dream. Like, if this could just be a productive line, I would be a happier person in my personal life. Uh, Nikki Hall, Nikki, you're live on the post game. Testing. I got you. Okay, cool, cool. Um, oh man, I don't even know if I want to say this, but do we say that Yandel's essentially an older Andrew McDonald? Like, has he gotten there yet? I don't like. The glaring mistakes because he has the puck so much. Like, I'm not going to say he's worse than Andrew McDonald, but he might be fucking worse than Andrew McDonald. Probably take him over, Yandel, right now. Um, If Andrew McDonald wanted to come out of retirement, he could play on this defense, no problem. He could easily be a fifth or sixth defenseman right now, not even a joke. (laughs) And it's funny. I feel like this is something he probably would do. Um, But, yeah, I think – I know you probably have other people to get to, but I also wanted to be just give you a, since our next post is going to be in the new year, just like 
you know, it's the end of the year, but like, I just want to, like I've been saying, like, keep doing what you're doing. Like, I, I really appreciate all these boast games, you know, whether it's a hard fought loss, a hard fought win, a blowout loss, a blowout win, like, just keep at it, man. Like, I appreciate these 100%. And like, you know, I'm going to look forward to doing stuff once this, you know, we're able to actually get out and, you know, see each other. <laughs> Absolutely, Nikki. Uh, I really appreciate it. And like I say every night, like I couldn't, if y'all didn't show up, I wouldn't be fucking doing it. You know, I'd be talking to myself. That that would be boring. Uh, so I appreciate everybody. And uh, we don't have any more speaker requests, so I guess we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, so I want to, I, I want to thank everybody for showing up, uh, tuning in, hanging out over this, uh, you know, this season, these last few years, uh, since I've been doing these post games and let's hope for goddamn better 2022 all around. Uh, happy New Year to everybody who listens. Uh, happy New Year to everyone who joins me live. Happy New Year to the uh, Broad Street Hockey crew, all my all my podcast and blog colleagues. Uh, I want to thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. Uh, if you haven't already, you've got to hit that subscribe button. Uh, how do you support us? It's simple. You don't have to send us money. Yeah, You don't even have to follow me on Twitter. Honestly, I'm not that interesting of a Twitter follow. Uh, I make jokes about the commercials that air during games and talk about wrestling. So uh, just subscribe to the podcast and leave us a positive review. That's it. Uh, It's super easy. Click the five stars, say some nice words, and we will really appreciate it. Uh, And it'll keep us us going into the new year and beyond because Broad Street Hockey, uh, we've been going a while, and it's been going well. So I want to keep it going, and I want to keep these post games going. So thank you all for continuing to show up. All right, enough of that shit. Happy New Year. I'll see you on Saturday, most likely. We'll see. Uh, But until then, have a great New Year, everybody.